Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. If you ask people the purpose or goal in life, a lot of people will say happiness. But I have argued, and I often say, the purpose of life is to find purpose in life. As Ralph Waldo Emerson famously said, quote, the purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well, end quote. And I just love that simple idea of not just living, but living well. So today, I'm extremely excited to welcome best-selling author and entrepreneur, Jessica Huey, to the Advancing Women podcast. Jessica is the author of Purpose, Find Your Truth and Embrace Your Calling, a book in which she shares her journey in finding purpose. The book has been featured on BBC News, CNN, Forbes, and the Sunday Times. Jessica was honored with a member of the Order of the British Empire for entrepreneurship and her contribution to diversity by Queen Elizabeth at Buckingham Palace. She's been called one of Britain's most inspiring entrepreneurs and one of the UK's most influential women. Your book has gotten rave reviews and has been called, quote, a timely call for us to find our true purpose in our work and our life. Jessica, I am so delighted to have you here today on the Advancing Women podcast to share your insights on finding purpose in our life. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. That was a lovely, lovely intro and um, really lovely to be reminded of that Ralph Waldo Emerson quote too. It's one of my favorites. I really want to actually start with you telling us a bit about your journey and how you found your way to your purpose. Well, it's unfolding, that's for sure. But it's been um, quite a life. I often feel like I've had nine lives like a cat already at the age of 42. (laughs) Um, Yeah, lots of contrast, Kimberly. Lots of real contrasting experiences from, you know, becoming a mum very young at 17 and, you know, really having no sense of purpose. Being so disconnected from my sense of self and who I was and what I wanted and what made me happy, I decided that I would opt to become a mother because it would give me a sort of reason to be alive. And so that was that was the start of my adult life, 17, with a baby. I didn't have anywhere to live, um, no qualifications. And um, I had lots of unrealistic ideas about this white picket fence existence of, you know, baking cupcakes. And of course, when you have no resource, it's very difficult to create that. So motherhood was a rude awakening, but in the best possible way, because it, it sort of brought me into confrontation with the fact that I would need to make some quick and big and brave decisions if my life wasn't going to be one of real kind of mediocrity and survival. So, um, yeah, I found, I found myself for a long time in overachieving, as so many of us do, you know, um, I went back to school and then I did all of the work experience things and overachieved and built this very certainly successful in the eyes of society media career and became very defined by it. And that was kind of the antidote to my shame. I had lots of shame, both mine and inherited from my parents, um, just about who I was and my circumstances and this feeling of not enough enoughness 
that I know is so common for so many of us that no external validation can ever feel. And I went on like that for a long time until 2016, everything changed. And that's where my, my real sort of journey with purpose began. That's really fascinating. It's interesting how all the things you're saying are so aligned with what we talk about so much on the Advancing Women podcast, which is partly how much as women, there is this kind of social conditioning that we are so connected with motherhood in terms of having that be where our value is placed. And that when we sometimes struggle with seeing our own value or our purpose, there's this almost automatic connection that society makes between, well, once you're a mother, you have this purpose. But I think importantly is that point you're making about looking to the external world and seeking validation and value through what others think and how you're chasing something that's elusive or impossible to get when you're looking at it or approaching it from that kind of vantage point. Yeah. Often it takes some kind of a big life moment, you know, divorce, redundancy, illness, a death of of a loved one to, to be the catalyst for us to start questioning those things. Um, and certainly that was my experience, but I don't think we have to. And that's really, you know, what I, I spend all of my time doing now is in, you know, creating spaces and finding ways to invite people to listen to the niggle, you know, to give themselves permission to, um, ask themselves those questions about whether or not the life that they are living is aligned with who they truly are. And if not, you know, taking the steps which will enable them to start to change that because it's really why we're here. And to live a life which is, you know, based and built on shoulds or other people's ideas about what a successful existence looks like is just the saddest thing. And yet so many of us do it. Yeah. I saw a quote from you where you said, purpose is a state of being not a state of doing. And that if we focus on who we are, the doing will take care of itself. And I thought that was so profound because as you said, we're doing, 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 doing the things that are expected, doing the things that somehow society validates. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about turning that inward and saying, you know what? Purpose is not about what I'm doing. It's about who I am and finding that place. Um, I thought that was really insightful. It's a game changer and it's, it really is that. We externalize our power so much. We look for answers outside of ourselves. We look for magic pills to make us happy and fixes. And it's a cliche, but the wisest things often are that, you know, the answers are within us. And for me, I've arrived at a place where Finding our purpose or living our purpose, it's not that we have to go and find something outside of ourselves. It's more about getting rid of who we're not and what we're not. So it's a shedding rather than acquisition of some new um, way of being or some new thing that we have to do. Oh, I love that so much. Sometimes we talk about personal development as growth and learning, but a lot of it's unlearning, right? It's unlearning all of the things we've learned we must do this checklist of what's going to give us purpose. So I really love how you say that. It's less about the doing and sometimes it's about the undoing. Completely, completely. It was interesting when I heard you sharing that that um, Emerson quote earlier on as we started, you know, about being 
who we actually are underneath all, you know, you chip away at all the stuff that we're not, the things we've been taught, these identities we latch onto that we believe are the whole of who we are, mother, business director, employee, whatever it might be, daughter, partner. But there is more to who we are. And when we start to drop those things and get in touch and reconnect with that essence and start to give it the space and actually listen to how we feel and honor those feelings with what we need, we start to move into a space of flow and connection. And from that space, we can't help but be inspired because we're being us. And so those ideas come in and, you know, we'll know what to do once we become. It really is inside out. Yeah, I think that's really insightful. And you talk a lot in your book and in a lot of your social media about intentionality, being deliberate versus being responsive. And I think for women especially, this can be a challenge because we are to a degree conditioned to care for others, to put others' needs first. And I wanted to know what you thought about that and some of the ways that we can interrupt that kind of mindset to ensure that we are creating the space, as you talked about, that we need to live on purpose. Yeah. I mean, we are, as women, often relentless people pleasers and celebrated for it, celebrated for, you know, this ultimate idea of a woman is selfless. And yes, there's a beauty in selflessness, but not when it's to the detriment of our own needs and well-being. You know, it's one of the things that I um, continue to unpick um, because it's subtle and it shows up in uh, you know, we for so for so long for me personally, and I see this with so many of the clients that I work with, we're like walking autoresponders. An email comes through, and there's this automatic, constantly having to respond to the needs of others, and these feelings of guilt and shame come up when we don't, and we find it difficult to um, actually honor our own needs and say no. Often, it all starts with awareness, right? Because for so many of us that don't even know what we need. You know, you ask us how we feel and we can't tell you because we are so unused to even having that space to ch- to do that check-in with ourselves. And for me, that's where journaling has been a really powerful tool. Writing Purpose, um, the first edition in, in, in 2018 when it came out, it really brought writing back into my life, the joy of writing. And now relentlessly every single morning I will journal because I meet myself on the page And I get to check in, um, ask myself how I'm feeling and ask myself what I need and then give it to myself. And it begins with those small, you know, oh, I need a nap today. And it it grows to actually, I want to live in a place where I can hear and see the ocean. And building that trust and that honor of self, um, it starts with the small things. Yeah. I love that commitment to every day. Just do that small thing. That. I'm going to take the time for myself to check in. For you, it's journaling. For others, it might be meditation or whatever that is. But this idea of checking in with ourselves is such a great way to interrupt a cycle of caring for others, thinking of others. And to your point, that's wonderful that we do those things. But being intentional, as you talk about so often, taking the time to check in with ourselves, and that you do that through your writing. And James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, said, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And I think this idea of I'm going to write in a journal every day, I'm going to take the time to check in with myself every day, that allows us the space to be listening to and 
in tune with our purpose or those ideas that come when you're quiet enough in all of the chaos to allow them to be there. You know what I mean? Completely. I love that. I love that. This this also the scheduling. Scheduling is another wonderful tool, which for me gives me the structure within which I can flow and start to honor my dreams, honor the things that I want to create, to continue to create. So there's the checking in with how I'm feeling and what I need. And then off the back of that information, my heart is almost like giving me the insight into what I want, what I really desire beneath the shoulds. And then my head works for my heart and the scheduling allows me to then start to actualize those things. So Yeah. You know, in business, we talk about this a lot. You put resources in the areas that are important. And so you can say something's important, but if you're not putting any resources towards it, it really isn't. And so when you say the importance of scheduling, that's very insightful because to your point, how important are your feelings and those ideas that are going to come to you if you're not willing to put some level of resource or some commitment into ensuring that you're actually taking that time. And again, I I think as women, we forget sometimes that it is indeed our time. And it's wonderful that we are giving of it and nurturing of others, but it's also important to take that time for ourselves. Yeah. And as mothers, what do we want to give to our children? A life sentence of being beholden to the world or permission to actually live their life. And therefore we have to role model it. You're right. You can say a lot of things, but the example you said is what will be remembered. And that's the true authenticity that people will see and our children will see in the things we do. So one thing you said that I thought was really interesting, you talked about leading with your heart. And I saw this in your book as well. I want to talk about that a little bit, how that perhaps that does not mean abandoning your intellect and your experience and all those data points. So how do we lead with our hearts and still benefit and integrate our logic, our intellect and our experience? Balance. It's about balance and it's about giving equal um, value and honor to uh, our feminine attributes. And I don't mean that in a gender sense. I mean, energetically, you know, it, it's the left side of the brain as well as the right. And for such a long time, a part of our conditioning has been to honor academia, to honor science, to really put on a pedestal that which can be proven to the detriment of the intuition, which for, you know, eons, we can go back thousands and thousands of years and see examples of how people were using that intangible knowing, which we all have, but so many of us are disconnected from, to, you know, chart their way across the ocean, according to the stars in the sky. I mean, this stuff isn't new, but we have just disconnected from it. And I I think we're in this really beautiful place of um, more people sort of starting to recognize that actually prizing this kind of patriarchal um, approach to uh, pushing and force, as opposed to that innate knowing that we have and yielding and listening and um, the more feminine attributes, which we can just see if we look in any industry, in any institution, you know, if we just step back and look at our world, we can see that we need the feminine now, you know, it's time to really allow that to come in and not take over the masculine, but sit alongside it so that we can restore balance both within ourselves, but also externally. 
I absolutely could not agree more. I do think that agentic and also communal traits, traits of being assertive and striving, but also the idea of being communal, understanding, and having that empathy, the expression of communal traits versus agentic traits, which are both very powerful. And I think all of us are on that continuum of those traits. Totally. Totally. That's really interesting. And I love that whole conversation, this idea that we can be insightful and lead with our heart, but that our experiences are part of what have led to that intuition. It's not like our intuition is coming from nowhere. It's coming from somewhere. Yeah. And I believe we all come here with our own, our own mission. It's a real shift from having the outside and the external dictate our experience of life so that we are, as I said, you know, living autoresponders, reacting um, and even deciding who we are based on the environments we find ourselves in. You know, there's so much of that, particularly for women, but also for men with this construct of masculinity, um, which is damaging and harming them and also our families and our units and our relationships. So it's a shift. You know, my invitation, I feel so passionately about this, is for us to, to live inside out, part first, asking those questions, getting to know ourselves first. And then using that beautiful logic and that that brilliant mind to work on behalf of our soul, really. In some ways, no matter how we talk about it, that's really what we do anyway. We make decisions with our heart and then we justify them with our head. And I think some of that is true of the way we live and the decisions we make. We are making those decisions from the inside out with our heart and then looking to logic and looking to data and rationale to justify those decisions when in fact we feel in our heart that it's the right decision because maybe it's tied to something bigger. Mm. And then the other piece of that getting to know ourselves and being honest enough with ourselves to be able to differentiate between what's an urge, which is a way of numbing and dissociating from something we don't want to feel versus intuition. Because I know sometimes I really want to shop. (laughs) And actually it's not that my heart and soul really, you know, desires, but it's a distraction from something that actually is uncomfortable. And so many of us run from what's not comfortable. So Yeah. Yeah. Getting comfortable with maybe being uncomfortable is a part of this living with purpose and just saying, I've, I'm going to look inside, but then I have to be prepared for what I might find or see or need to change. It's a brave journey. It's definitely not all, you know, hearts and, and skipping through the fields. It's a really brave journey because that you know, that shedding and stripping off of, of who we are not. You know, the word trauma scares a lot of people, but but the vast majority of us have, ex- and we've all experienced trauma now because we are, we've, we've lived through a pandemic. Um, and for some of us, there's the trauma with a big T and some it's, it's a smaller one, but we are unquestionably impacted by um, the world that we live in, the experiences that we have, and it impacts us. And, and for many of us, that the feelings and those emotions are unprocessed. And they live within our bodies and they create illness and depression and they move us away from uh, truly the, the love that we are. And so it's a, it's a brave journey to be willing to look at that and um, to feel it in order to heal it and release it. Oh, I love that. Now, when you talk about your book and living on purpose, can you give us kind of a quick overview of how we do this, the approach that you take 
shifts in your efforts to change your path? Because much of your story is about changing your path if it no longer serves you. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that realigning and getting more comfortable with the discomfort and changing and making the choices that serve you. Yeah, it's a journey. And if I look back and sort of reflect, there have been these constant leaps where I've outgrown. It's almost like a lobster sheds its skin, you know, where I've outgrown a part of my life. And that might have be, you know, if I look back to being in my 20s and in this very successful career in public relations, working with superstars, flying around the world, my life had practically transformed from being this young mum with no prospects. And so for the world looking in, it looked like I had it made. But for me, there were values that felt like they conflicted. They weren't really aligned with who I was. And it was uncomfortable. I could feel this kind of internal conflict bubbling. And yet it was scary because I didn't know who I was outside of that career. There was a lot of kudos and validation that came with the title on my business card. And so it required courage for me to be able to prize the integrity with myself above this well-paid job, the security of it, you know, how people perceived and responded to me, which was really important because I was carrying this teen mom shame. But yeah, in making those leaps of faith and then discovering that when we do uphold that integrity, that kind of honesty and close that gap between who we're being and our true self, life will always catch us, you know. And in that instance, I was able to start my own business and triple my salary and build something very successful that felt much more aligned with who I was And the same applies in relationships. It's like, what are you willing to let go of in order to become more of who you already are, to expand into this version of yourself, which is just awaiting, um, you know, your courage. And that's looked like leaving jobs. It's looked like ending a marriage. It's looked like moving across the world. And um, it's not about not appreciating what I have. I would do it all again. It's about the truth, really. It's just about recognizing that that everything is cyclical. And um, yeah, it's it's a journey. I love that idea of the journey and it's cyclical. Your appreciation and value of all of the different parts of your journey. I heard an interview once, I think it was with Brad Pitt, and he was talking about his marriage. And someone said, after that failed marriage, and he interrupted and said, well, wait a minute. What do you mean failed marriage? He said, we had a great marriage and it had its time and we moved on, but I wouldn't call it a failure. And it was so profound. It makes you take a step back and say, let's reframe some of the ways we talk about the journey where you're the single mom and then you finally make it. And then you've got this great paying job. And that's the end of the story because you've done the things and you're here saying, well, yes, that was a journey and it was beautiful and unexpected. And then it was time for another journey. And that was maybe in the eyes of others redemption, but to you, it was just another part of that journey. And then you had that discomfort. And then you said, well, now it's time for another part of the journey. And I love how you said, what are you willing to let go of? Because we have this idea that letting go of one thing is this great kudos to you for making it or getting past it. But you're talking about something very different here in terms of the journey. You know, I love that Brad Pitt said that. You know, it's it's true. 
and I guess it's for me it's underpinned by a you know a kind of one of my fundamental spiritual beliefs that is that everything happens for us that belief which can be difficult you know people go through really hard things and in my experience if I can accept which I didn't for a long time I mean I'm a complete control freak in recovery but if we can accept what is unfolding and the fact that life is going to give us limes and lemons and if we can enjoy you know I use the word loosely if we can be with whatever is occurring and not resist it and just allow that sort of moment to come through us without trying to grip onto our own predetermined agenda which is futile because the universe has been unfolding for billions of years even before we were here there's a relief in that and it's not always easy but yeah it's kind of starting to let go of some of these ideas of what's right and what's wrong and what's success and what's failure and just allowing ourselves to learn from what is occurring in in our lives yeah I think trusting the process And I talk about this a lot because I'm very goal-oriented, but you don't want that to be to a fault, right? You have to sometimes allow yourself to let life wash over you a little bit because perhaps there's something even more magnificent that's meant to be. And if we're so focused on what's right in front of us, sometimes I think we can lose track of what's on the periphery. And the things on the periphery may be an important part of the journey we're meant to be on the journey that's going to really bring us that true purpose and meaning in our life. Totally. And and that's what the book taught me. I, I wasn't intending on writing purpose. I wasn't thinking about writing a book. It occurred because for the first time in my life, I found myself outside of doing. I was present. My dad had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and I stopped for the first time. All those things that had felt so important, you know, suddenly weren't. And I was in this profound space between life and death with the person that I'd been closest to. And I started to feel, you know, all that stuff that was buried underneath overachieving and awards and being celebrated, the plaster came off because of grief. And in being able to be with that feeling and feel it and not run from it, you know, I picked up a pen one night, three o'clock in the morning, three days before my dad passed on and the stream of consciousness flowed through me and that became purpose that became the book and what it did was take my life in a completely different direction my mind was not at the steering wheel Jessica's will or Jessica's plan for her life for the first time was parked um, and something much wiser much more authentic to, to to me and to who I'm here to be has kicked in and seeing the beauty, seeing the power of what that book has done, the connection it's opened up to me in a way which no PR black book could ever compete with. You know, why would you go back to to the old way of of existing? So yeah, it's, as you said, surrender and trust. I think that's a wonderful wrap up to all the things you talk about in your book, things that are really a reminder to us I know that you have workshops, you're very present on social media. Did you want to take a few minutes to tell us where listeners can find your most recent book or more about you? And I can also include that in the show notes. Thank you. Yeah, no, I run the Purpose Retreat, which is an annual retreat in Jamaica, um, where I live now. And I run the Purpose Academy, 
which helps purpose-driven small business owners to embrace visibility from the inside out. Um, all things purpose, and the book is available in all the places. Um, yeah, I saw I it on Amazon, it. so I'll make sure I yeah, include the link. Read it. I love to hear from people, so you know how it resonates. So do well, reach that's out. That's wonderful. Each episode, I end with what I call a manifest statement. And it's a statement about the way this manifests for the listener. And I came across these words from you, from your website, and they really are a perfect final takeaway from what we've been talking about. You said, quote, an incredible congruency occurs when we go beyond intellect and create from our soul. It is the alchemic combination of inspiration and strategy that creates momentum and magic. And Jessica, I thank you so much for being here. And I wish you so much continued momentum and magic in your future. Thank you for having me. Lovely to talk today. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at Advancing Women Podcast. I love getting your feedback. So please email me at drdsimone at advancingwomenpodcast.com. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast, and a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Woman podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.